This is Lampshade Media Presents Chuckle Fucks with Wonder Doug Cuckler. Every every uh, every sober person needs a uh, a good bottom story. And, uh, <laughs> everything in my power not to give you a good bottom story, sir. All right, Wonder Doug Cuckler. How do I pronounce your name? It's Cuckler, like fuck, but Cuckler. So it's not Cuckler. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> How often do you have to explain that to people? All of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say chuckler, like they'll add a chuck to it. There's no H in it. <laughs> chuckler? Yeah. Or cock. They say cock you know, it's funny. Cause it's- well, I feel like the, the uh, reason people might not want to say like cuckler is because of the, uh, the, the popularity of calling people cucks on the right right now. Yeah, there's cucks and there's cuck holding porn, whatever. There's a lot. I mean, I don't know. I was born into it, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's cuckler. Nice. So, Wonder Doug Cuckler, welcome to Lampshade Media Presents Chuckle Fucks. <laughs> Thank you. I'm destined to be here, apparently. Is this what you've been uh, just getting ready for your whole life? Yes, everything. I got sober three years ago just for this moment. Did you know there's going to be some schmuck with a, with a podcast studio in his basement? Yeah, I knew I'd end up in some drunk straight man's basement at some point. <laughs> Finally made it. The wonder is that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, <laughs> it's not been recorded. <laughs> this is the the first time you've actually uh, you've actually recorded this event. Yes, got it. <laughs> Daddy's first. Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> oh shit, man. So so let's talk about let's talk about Wonder Doug. Okay. How long have you been known as Wonder Doug? Uh, over a decade. Um, in 2007, I made a drunk MySpace blog about wanting to be a goth industrial DJ. And I was in that scene. And then the bar was pretty much like, yeah, you can do that. And then they took my MySpace name and they put it on a flyer in 2007. And I've been Wonder Doug for that long. Yeah. So so that's the, that's the, the, the you didn't even name yourself. I mean, kind of. I mean, I named myself on MySpace, but you just ad- like yeah. A, oh, so that was the MySpace name. That was my MySpace name, uh, which kind of became my DJ name. And then I DJed and threw parties for so many years. And then when I started doing comedy, it was just like so many people already knew me as that. And I actually don't like my last name. Um, and um, so I just kind of kept it. Yeah. And then um, a couple of years ago, I got hit with a Facebook name change. They made me actually use my real name, maybe to bu- push my fan page and. Like, you know, pay for ads kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of the weird history of the name. Well, that's fun. So like as a DJ, like you, is that like your first love? Um, No, I, I honestly wasn't that good. I wasn't like musically inclined or anything. I didn't make beats or anything like that. I just kind of like was really good at song selection and I knew kind of the right people to get the right people out of the shows or came up with theme parties and stuff like that. It was more like kind of like, I guess, building the energy, not like making the music at all. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was, that wasn't like a love for me. I just kind of like knew party people and yeah. lo- had a love for the music too. So. Cause you were like, were you big in the party scene back then? then? I, I mean, I wouldn't say I was big. I was drunk and did some fun things and I knew some great people who at that time, like looked outlandish, like, and you know, it was a goth scene. So it was very like, yeah, like very alternative and spooky and sexy, fun, whatever. 
It was good times. So like, so like this was this DJing stuff like closer to high school? Mm, no. Okay. So I I dropped out of high school when I should have graduated in like around ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, We're about exactly the same age. Oh, I graduated in two thousand, but I was supposed to graduate in ninety nine. We have so much in common, no? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like soon after that, I start going, like around 99 is when I start going out to the goth clubs. I was 19, um, but I didn't start DJing until years later in 2007. So. All right. So then all of a sudden you're into comedy. Yeah, that was, um, the comedy thing kind of happened. I was asked to be a part of a roast in the goth industrial scene. It was like for one of the people that like they would do roast for like bartenders or stuff like that. So they asked me to be a part of the roast. And then I did that and I just kind of murdered everybody on the show. And there were a couple of comedians from around town who were actually on that show. And they're like, you should try to do this. And then I did. And it was my first couple of years were really rough. Like I was just drunk and shocking. I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. It was definitely more shock, no substance. Um, and I didn't understand really the rules of comedy like I um I started some shows before I should have started shows that kind of a thing like what does that mean um like I started you know like I I kind of like used my end like to start shows that really like I don't know like I didn't really know what I was doing on stage yet so I shouldn't you know so you knew you knew enough people and you were like friends with enough people that you could you know have access that other people might not have that kind of thing kind of yeah in a way it's always just like I don't know. I guess at the time, like people know my name now, but at the time I was more infamous, maybe like people knew my name, but it wasn't for the right things. Oh, like, really? you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like by the time I started, like when I got sober and stuff like that years later, like people knew my name, but like, I don't know. I kind of was giving them a better reason to know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I wasn't like a bad person, but I was kind of a drunk shit show. Right. Right. Which I mean, you know. Every every uh, every sober person needs a uh, a good bottom story, and uh, <laughs> this is everything in my power not to uh, give you a good bottom story, sir. <laughs> I love that I went into this saying like I'm not gonna hit on you, and then like 30 seconds in, you can't you can't help yourself. I I know. Yeah, like it's a, it's like a Jewel song. I was made for you. <laughs> Jewel, I loved her. Did you? Yeah, I saw her at Lilith Fair one year. Yeah, and so you're you're like like I know you uh, initially. Like I knew who Wonder Dog was, Oof. even though I didn't know you at all. You know, yeah. I knew, I, but I knew Wonder Dog because like your name is uh, is on the lips of people around town. I think I'm like an urban legend. If you say my name three times at a rock show in the bathroom, I'll just <laughs> pop up in a cloud of cigarette smoke. <laughs> tell you how inclusive comedy used to not be in Columbus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, I do, I do feel like I'm an urban legend, though, like, because it's, like, a weird name. Like, maybe it's because I have a weird, like, not a lot of comedians have a name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not like a, they don't have a name, but it's, like, a stage name. Yeah, it's right, kinda like, right. It sounds like a weird, faggy superhero, and sometimes <laughs> I guess I am. I don't. I don't know. You are my you you are my weird faggy superhero. Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> made it. No, but like I I so I I met you from the kind of from the rock scene initially. Yeah. So you because you know a lot of musicians. Yeah, that came into um, you know, because uh, I recorded an album two years ago, and then soon after that, I was running at that time six shows a month, and I was real burnout, um, which hasn't really gone away. Uh, we can talk about that later, but like I um, I was really burnout. 
um, by comedy and doing so many comedy shows and I wasn't loving it like I used to. So I started like going out to rock shows and discovering new bands and new friends and I didn't need to book those people. I didn't need to work with them so I could just go out and enjoy the music and they wouldn't not like comedians talk to me differently because they want me to me to put them on shows but there are some that do that mm-hmm. or when I'm at comedy shows in general I've done comedy for so long now um, that my brain thinks like comedically like I'll give people taglines um, or advice but they don't even if they don't like I just it's a comedy brain and it doesn't shut off mm-hmm. when I hear my friend's band I'm not thinking about the baseline and how I would change it yeah, you know what I'm saying so like totally. it's so when I'm out at music shows I can kind of more relax um so that about a couple of years ago after the album, I started going out to more music shows and I've became friends with a lot of the rock bands around town. Um, I don't know. I don't drink. So I have, I would have more money at the shows like, cause I wasn't buying like alcohol. So I'd buy their merch and I would rock their merch on stage. Cause I don't know. They're good people. I don't know. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, I don't know. I'm weirdly good at networking and I like, I like people, but I also don't, I kind of have a nose for bullshit and I don't, when I go to shows, like, I don't really, like, say, oh, I really love that song if I didn't, you know what I'm saying? But, like, because yeah. I think some people will just kind of do that with networking and show running. They were like, yeah. that was really great. That was really great. I'm like, man, it really wasn't. Did you hear that? You know, like. If, I mean, do you do you, do you you go to a to a local band and, like, oh, and they're like, what'd you think? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, you can always like, that was fun. Or you can, I don't know. There's a ways around it. Like, you looked good up there. <laughs> like, you know, like. like <laughs> And I'm not, I mean, cause whatever, I mean, I, I am so weird and bizarre and dark with my comedy. I know I'm not for everyone. So like people should, you know, understand that maybe their music isn't for everyone. Right. That doesn't mean that we're not friends, you know what I'm saying? Or yep. that like, I don't have respect there. Like, it doesn't mean I could get up there and do any of that. Cause I don't know any of that. Like when I'm talking, uh, just because I've done uh, local music, uh, uh, podcasting for a while. And so when I talk about, uh, I, I hate being put on the spot, like like to talk about a band because I'm always like terrified that I'll that I'll forget something really obvious that I should be like yeah. that I'm re- that I'm really in love with, but I'll just it'll slip my mind or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like oh now I've insulted that band, you know, right. <laughs> and like and it, like then my like my mind starts thinking about all the things like I should have said about like what bands like and this and that, and it's all a yeah. lot of ridiculous pressure that nobody really gives a shit about. Yep, but I just yeah start thinking that way it's weird i think we're all in our heads about that kind of stuff way more than we should be but i don't know it's part of the game yeah well you're like so you're interesting because you're pretty fucking popular like it's okay people people know you people know of you even even if they don't know you personally like me like until i got to know you a little better yeah but like you're out there you're you're in the scene you're mm-hmm. you're making connections you're networking you're you know a lot of comedians you know a lot of musicians you you know go to a lot of you're in a lot of different scenes around town but yeah. you're also like sometimes i come up and like say hey and you're like hey you know i don't really want to talk to you right now <laughs> <laughs> well it's um I always run around with my stacks of paper. Like I'm always trying to keep notes of what I'm trying to do. And it's sometimes I'm not the best of like relaying like, Oh, I'm supposed to get back to so-and-so Max is supposed to get back to Mel about his podcast. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to have, uh, honestly this week I have to have four shows booked out that are June and July shows and I need them done this week. But like sometimes like, you know, if you're walking past me, like you don't need to know all that. I'm just like, Oh, I'm really busy. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to, it's just my stress and in my head. It's not really stress though. If I guess I'm doing it, and yeah, 
Well, you, you talk a lot about uh, uh, your anxiety and different yeah. things like that. So it's pretty out there. Yeah. So like I, I, my friends that like I have friends that have anxiety and I just now I'm starting to to dip my toe into that pool. Oh, it's there are better pools to go wading in. You yeah, I didn't choose this pool. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> I just kind of like fell into it a little bit. Like, I wouldn't say I'm like, the you know, like I'm a horrible case or whatever, but like, I'm like all of a sudden, like just recently I've kind of discovered, oh, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. That's what that is. You can borrow my floaties if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With anxiety, when it, when talking about anxiety, um, I think I've talked about this before, like, um, from like 14 to 18, I spent more time in mental hospitals than yeah. I did high school because okay. uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar and anxiety disorder. And um, I didn't graduate because of that. And once I turned 18, I went to one adult mental hospital and that was like real serious, older, like fucked up people. And I was just like a little like unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of scared me. And, I, and then I was 18. So like after you're 18, you, you're not really forced into places unless you're harmed to anyone or yourself. Right. And I was just like, I can fake this and I'll be fine. And then I ended up getting a job and kind of, um, I stopped taking pills. I stopped taking my medication. Um, because when I was a child, I was on 18 pills a day and yeah. I weighed 250 pounds and I couldn't stay awake. So I had a weird fear of medication. So I suffer from anxiety and I know there is probably medication out there that would help me. I just have a weird fear of it. Oh, wow. Um, so, and I know there are people out there that do, are taking certain things and that works for them. I just, I don't have anything to take. So I guess maybe, I guess think of that. Like if you see me out, out like it's, I'm being really weird. Like it's, I'm really doing the best I can yeah. Like to be in a bar and not drink and to be maybe if there's 60 people at the bar, there's a good chance I talk, I know 40 of them. If it's, if it's a show that I'm involved with. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really doing the best I can with anxiety and um, also, if I'm too busy to talk, that doesn't mean that, like, again, like that we're not friends or that I don't. Some people yeah. take it real personal. Though. I know. I like, know. they want to have a moment of my time, and I don't have that moment then, like, yeah. to give them. I'm the I'm I'm the guy that like is oblivious. So like, <laughs> like I'll just be like, hey, how's it going, Doug? Let's talk about this. Oh, no, let me tell you, that. you know. And I'm just like rattling on, and you're just yeah. like, hey, um, I actually am running a show right now, and <laughs> I'm about to do this, that, this, that. And the, you know, yeah. you don't actually say that, but like afterwards, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I am being an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I find you very endearing, so I don't really, I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so like like yeah so i just like i just started like i don't think i ever actually respected um uh people with uh, anxiety issues yeah simply because i was ignorant right like i didn't know i'm like 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 when i would like you know be around somebody that was having like a panic attack or something i'd be like dude pull your shit together right you know, like like dude tighten it up man what are you doing i was loving when it's like seven minutes before a show and people really want to run an idea past me and i'm like hold on i can't really my you know my host is about to go on like i need to make sure everyone and then they want to keep talking to me about something and i'm like uh and they're like you seem freaked out just go up there and you'll be fine go up there and do your thing like i don't my thing is like chain smoking cigarettes <laughs> like i can't do that on stage i can't yeah yeah you know, what exactly is my thing you know like do you think that that comedy like gives you power over that at all i don't know it's been a weird i think the entire time i've been on stage it's been a weird reluctance like i don't want to be on stage but i want my words heard which i mean like i've always 
said that I always wanted to be a writer and I'm still figuring out if I want to be a comedian. And I kind of said that my second year in and that's kind of stayed the same. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I have weird stage fright and I have weird anxiety and you can see like sometimes I, um, I've said it before, like it, it works for me. Like they had that nervous jittery energy and it kind of plays off when I'm on stage and it looks like it makes the show cause people can tell I'm nervous, but they're there with me. And then sometimes I'm so nervous and so jittery that I don't want to be on stage and everyone knows. Um, I do a thing where I have, um, where I forgot my set list one time and I had the bar ask me anything. So I kind of thought that was cool because it kept me on my toes. And I started incorporating that in my shows where everybody could just ask me anything. And they would be like, what's your favorite position? What's your favorite color? Like To help with my anxiety, yeah. it would help me become more random. But one show, um, I was just really struggling. And then like my one friend, good friend Joe, he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I kind of just want to go home. And he was like, everybody here loves you. Let's just go home. And then we did. We just ended the fucking show. Like, I mean, it was at the end of the show anyway, yeah. but it was just like a very, there are people out there that understand that like, sometimes I'm just not on. Yeah. And so, Well, like, I think that's, it's, it's pretty amazing to, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with this stuff, uh, like without the use of, uh, pharmaceuticals and you're like, which kind of requires you to have like a little bit of a power, like a mental power over it in a way. Right. Like you're like fighting it. And then you're going on and doing a thing that literally gives most people anxiety that don't even have it. Right. You know, like that's like, you are wonder dog. <laughs> I don't, I mean, do you, does that, that's, I'm sure that's not the first time like that struck you. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I have a weird times with struggling with sometimes like I joke that I'm like an inspirational meme or I'm this and that. And I've, or even when people say that I'm a local celebrity, sometimes I struggle with that. Like I don't really, that's not what I want to do. Like I don't want to, I don't, I want to, I would be really cool. Like fantasy idea. If, if I could yeah, let's, write, let's, let's fantasize. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't hear my fantasies. Um, <laughs> or, or they can't maybe, um, I dream scenario. I would write, horror movies and perform less and I wouldn't I don't know but that's what I would want to do I want to do horror movies and I want to perform a little less than I do now um, and maybe have some bigger shows I've also been trying to maybe work on some poetry so don't be surprised if I'm doing poetry soon alright um, keep your ears out All right, yeah, I'm probably not going to talk about it when I'm actually doing it for a couple months because I don't want yeah. <laughs> people just show up when I'm just trying to figure it out and I may kind of figure out that that's not for me and that's okay. Right. Um, yeah. That's so huge not to let your, uh, like anything scare you from trying something. Right. Yeah. But, um, I guess I was going to, I don't, I, there are comedians that, that I work with that definitely want to be famous and they want to have a Netflix and they want to be on stage and they want their face everywhere. I struggle with it. Like, I don't really, like, I want, there's a weird, like, I want my words out there and I want things that I've written to be seen. And I want maybe my story told, but I don't really need to be on stage all the time. I don't know. It's a uh, I mean, honestly, everything's a balance and everyone's trying to figure it out. Yeah, sure. And everybody's motivations are, like, extremely unique, right? Because you, 
<clears throat> you have you have people that that want that just feed off of the uh, of the audience reaction. Yeah. And I think everybody's that to an extent, but yeah. some people are more so, right? Oh, for sure. And then there's some people that have something they want to say more than other people, right? Yeah. I guess, and there's a myriad other reasons too, but I'm just throwing those out there. I guess you're fine. Uh, I guess with the horror movies, and I guess to the later extent of some of my comedy right now, um, I just had like a big general like loneliness growing up, and I felt like I didn't see myself in a lot of like anything. I didn't see myself in comic books or horror movies or comedy. Just this weird little alternative gay who wasn't like the sassy gay best friend or who would give you a makeover. Like, I'm not going to give you a fucking makeover. Like my entire wardrobe's like <laughs> cut up band shirts. Like what the fuck, you know, like, uh, you know, like I just, I wasn't the stereotypical gay and I wasn't the stereotypical like mental health. Um, yeah. And now that, you know, I've got the recovery, I mean, I don't drink and that's kind of, that's super weird for people, but I don't think it's that weird. So maybe me doing some of the stuff I do is showing people that it's, People think I'm a character, but actually I'm not that bizarre. <laughs> like, you know, like. Oh, no. I mean, you're definitely a character. Like, <laughs> you're a unique individual is what I mean to say by that. That's fine. I don't think, like, actually, like, it's funny because, like, some, like, most comedians, like, do take on a kind of character when they hit the stage. Mm-hmm. And I, do you? Like, I don't know that you do. You're, I don't. You kind of just put yourself out there. Yeah, I just say more things into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't really switch off a lot like I'm not always on but I'm also yeah. not always on on stage but I don't right. really I think that's the thing is too is like there's some younger comedians that try to talk to me about advice and they're like oh I'm just I just want to write jokes I just want to write jokes and their jokes when they do the jokes could be told by any straight male or it could be told by anybody but I have such a weird unique when I, I say things that are so unique to me that not everybody could go up there and say those jokes because it's, right. that's definitely a Doug story that happened to Doug yeah. That's such a weird panic attack inside of a porn store because of so-and-so, you know, like it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, you have ex- some unique experiences too. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like many people that, uh, that have had, a uh, the jobs and the, the life stories that you are sharing. So when people are like, I think a lot of people are kind of like, Oh, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how that makes you feel like, <laughs> Well, I also like you got a unique life, man. Oh, I did work at Kroger for a decade, but that wasn't really not as many jokes at Kroger. No, <laughs> I haven't heard your Kroger set. No, <laughs> is that is that maybe that's what the poetry is going to be about? No, yeah, the the, the dark Kroger stories. <laughs> no. Can you give me a quick uh, Kroger haiku? <laughs> Wait for the second album. <laughs> So, yeah, so you have this unique story, but then you're also this type of person that is, like, willing to try anything different. So now you're going to, like, you've always had a love for horror movies, mm-hmm. but you haven't, like, addressed that yet. So now, you, like, that's a thing that's on your list. You've done DJing. You've done, like, the goth scene. You've mm-hmm. done the stand-up thing. Now you're going to try poetry. Then you're going to do horror. Like, you are, you are are a person that is like going to try shit out and isn't afraid of anything. And is from my, from my saying is very proud of like whatever you're, whatever you're going to put your time into. And I, I, I think people are fucking drawn to that. I think what it was is I, from f- maybe f- 14 to 34, which is two decades, right? It's, yeah. I just spent two day de- two decades, like just 
being a drunk mess. And then so three and a half years ago, I got sober and I'm like, oh, I wasted all those years. I'm going to do some shit that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Um. So I always wanted to like do horror movie shit and I always wanted to do more poetry stuff or I, I don't know. Like it's just stuff that I don't know. It's like my life kind of started over. Not like it's some like we're like I'm saved kind of shit. Yeah, but, but it's like, a little bit of come to Jesus type shit. Yeah, because I was fucking blackout drunk six nights a week. Yeah. And now I'm not. So I got time to make up for. But also it's a lot of like, I mean, I'm creeping on 40. I'm 38. Um, I'm also realizing that, you know, I'm not going to be good at everything and that's okay. But right. I'm going to like, I'm going to try it out. Like worst case scenario, I end up going to a lot of poetry shows and making more poetry friends or... I've been going to a lot of screenings at the Gateway and some of the horror movie meetups. So I'm meeting some horror movie friends for when I want to do that. So it's the worst case. I have more talented friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, shout out your uh, your horror geekdom there. Hmm? Like shout like like what what's your what what are you into in the horror scene? Like what's your like most like your biggest like influences and some of the smaller shit. The, uh, definitely a nightmare on Elm Street. Is that what you grew up on? Yeah. Um, cause like, because we're the same age, I remember when that came out, but I was like a, a dorky little Christian, so I wasn't really allowed to watch it. That's okay. But I snuck it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess a better <clears throat> example or a better explanation of horror movies and comic book stuff. Uh, my mom was a single mom and around, like I was left alone a lot as a kid. It would, you know, she worked three jobs. Um, so there was a lot of comic books and a lot of horror movies. Um, and the kids in my neighborhood were kind of dicks and I didn't really like them. And I just stayed inside and that was my escape, whether it was an escape from abusive step parents or whatever, just being a weird, shy little gay kid, you know? Um, so that was my big escape, which is why I really want to do horror movies or maybe get into comic books or stuff like that. Because I think if I would have been like reading those or watching like Nightmare on Elm Street and there was a believable gay character in that, it would have made it a little easier for me. Did you see, was there any representation uh, when you were coming up? I mean, no, not really. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street too, if you watch it now, it has so many gay undertones, but that it's, <laughs> that's more like a joke though. Anything, oh really? You know, oh yeah, no. Like the coach is like some like secret leather daddy and <laughs> no, I just don't, I don't know. But also like, it's just even the gay thing doesn't even have to be a thing. It could just be a really good horror movie. Like I love, I just love horror movies. Just what yeah. I and I love superheroes. Like when I talk about comic books, everyone's like, "Do you see this? Blah blah blah. Did you read this weird?" And it's like a, some obscure thing that somebody did. And I don't. I um, I read Adventures in X Men growing up, and I've still got. I've, I have nine thousand comic books. In my have you seen my living room? I have not. It's I have nine thousand comic books. Um, so I guess horror and comic books were such an escape for me growing up that that's what I want to start doing to provide escape for people who need them, whether it's just to be entertained or to get out of their head from the shit that they don't want to deal with. Yeah. Would your comic books have a horror element to them then? Mm, I don't think so. They'd be more, more I think like I would style? It. I think I would do maybe some horror. I want to do horror movies and horror novels maybe. And then superhero comic stuff. Yeah. We'll see. I could also just be daydreaming and talking in my ass and just continue to talk about dildos on stage in a comedic fashion forever or I could just get a job doing night stock and quit everything I don't know I have thought about stopping for a while <laughs> yeah oh, yeah is it always that uh, that thing like I you know I don't know there's a I feel the same way I'm a carpenter that's my day job for for listeners that might not know that and and I love 
I love carpentry. I love, I feel very satisfied when I, when I build something, I, I take a pile of wood and I turn it into something beautiful. That's going to be there for a hundred years, or at least that's my dream. Okay. And, uh, and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, I'd like to give this up. Right. You know, like, I just like to, I'd like to like this not to be my entire life. Right. You know, and, and maybe like, there's all these other lives out there. Yeah. But I think like, there is a thing about, I don't know. For me, I think there's a thing about fear that keeps me like, like, oh, you're really good at this. Right. And you're not really good at a lot of other things. Right. You know, and it trap, it's a trap. I guess I <laughs> like general Akbar or whatever. Yeah. I can say that. I don't, I don't really know. What to yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, man. I think it, I'm just, I guess I'm just, I, I'm just sharing my own like feelings and that, like wanting to quit, like things that you're involved with. Right. Like, it's like, like, Oh, you know, I've, I've done this like for a while and I've, I've given a lot of time into it and mm -hmm. it's been, you know, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of satisfaction out of it. Like, like, you know, but is it going to be the thing? Is it, am I going to go to the next level or am I going to like, you know, uh, go to the next level in a different field? They say with comedy, it takes like at least a good 10 years in there to quote, make it. And I've got like seven ish, I think. So, oh, I, yeah. so you're on the fence. I'm kind of on that right, way. Right, like, right on the edge. Yeah. Piss or get off the pot time. And I don't, I don't know. Like I'm okay with where I am. I don't, I don't drive. So I don't travel as much as other people. I have no desire to go to New York or Chicago at this time. I don't know. Like I would like to continue to do dope stuff in Columbus and yeah. help Columbus shows out, but I don't. I don't feel the need to go to a bigger city right now where I'm at. I you like think to, you could kill in a different city? I don't know. Uh, Have you ever tried it once? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done Cincinnati and Cleveland, Dayton. Like, I've done other, and one time I went to Indiana, but... How do you do in a different town? Um, it's either really, really amazing or really awkward. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's not my friends who have heard the same fucking jokes every month. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or like the same concept. Right. Like, you know, with me, you're going to get some porn store stuff. You're going to get some sober stuff, some dark stuff. Um, maybe some weird like reflection, like I'll hold up a mirror and kind of show you that you're being stupid over this kind of thing. Yeah. But most people who come to my show now know my name and they kind of know what to expect. Cleveland, maybe not so much. So it's like a whole like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, um, true. And that's either a what the fuck is that? That was amazing. Or what the fuck was that? That was weird. Right. Because you are kind of an alternative comedian, right? Yeah. Basically. I don't, I don't, I hate throwing genres out that I don't fully appreciate. Like, I don't know. Right. Like I know alternative comedy, like in New York means something like, yeah, I guess, I mean, like pe people consider me darker or bluer or something like that. But I also like when people like say like darker edgy comedian, there's so many people out there that like say they are that, but they use that as like a blanket to say shock or like to say like racist fucked up things. Yeah. I don't, I don't really do race jokes cause I don't think they're funny and I don't think that way that's not right I am. um but like i guess i am edgy and alternative even though i don't have like i'm not going to make an abortion joke because that's not something that i have dealt with and it's not something that i should my opinion i think people should be able to do what they want but like you know what i'm saying like i'm not a weird that's weird straight guy who's going to use an abortion joke because he's so edgy yeah yeah, I know. I, yeah, I kind of get cringy at that stuff too. Like it's kind of like like oh, you just like uh, how shocking, you know. I it takes it take, I guess it takes a decent amount to shock me, but I do have a line somewhere. But it's usually like by the time you hit that line, I'm not interested in being around you. Right. Well, it's like people <laughs> are like, you know, like 
I don't want anybody to censor me. I want to be able to say whatever I want, you know, freedom of speech. And I'm just like, that's fine. But like, not everyone has to listen to you. And they right. think over time they won't. Right. I think the thing that's interesting about you is like, so what if you're saying something that might be shocking to someone, it's to somebody that like probably is a little uptight. And it's like, hey, loosen up, you know. Be, it's okay. You're, you've got this incredible sex positive message that I that I hear constantly, and it's like so uplifting to to me. And I think it's really it, it should be uplifting to everyone. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to be afraid of it, more conservative or whatever. But you're not you're not punching down. No, I don't really. If I punch down, it's about myself. I don't really want people to feel like shit. Like right. I'm okay um, if. I punch down and like make myself kind of look like shit for their entertainment, but I don't really want to make, I don't know. I don't want to tear people down. I think the world does enough of that. Yeah. 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 I've heard it said that uh, there's two types of comedians. There's the, uh, the kind that were, uh, bullies and they're the kinds that were bullied. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard that? I guess which one I was with the last name <laughs> Cuckler, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you be a little pole smoker in the seventh grade and have that last name. <laughs> I wasn't smoking poles in the seventh grade, mom. If you get the internet and listen to this, oh, we love you, mother. Right. She's okay. And mom, I wasn't smoking poles either. Not in seventh grade. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I, there was no. There was no sexual future for me in the seventh grade at all. <laughs> I guess yeah. yeah. I nope. Ninth grade is when I lost my virginity. Freshman, oh, yeah? oh freshman year. Yeah. I was fourteen and my boyfriend was eighteen, which looking back that was really creepy. But back then I thought I knew everything. You know, I had run away from home. I was doing drugs at fourteen. I was I was a little shithead. And now I have friends who have like kids my age and like I see their fourteen year old and I'm like, Oh, fourteen was young. I should did not know the things that I th thought I knew back then, which yeah. is always like hindsight's a bitch. Um, it is because you can't do anything about it. Nope. But it's also, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I get it. I'm at a point in my life where I'm like rethinking a lot of things and I'm going through and I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then it's like, hey, none of that's helpful. No. <laughs> that is helping me at all. Like we can just kind of like do our thing we're doing right now and like live like the way we want to now. Right. But yeah, the, the whole like thinking about my teenage years is a drag. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of CDs and drugs and running away. And my teenage years were very tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a funny guy back then? I don't think so. No, no. I mean, I was just real sad. I mean, I don't know. I had a lot of friends. We listened to grunge and alternative music, but I was never like, I was never like the class clown. If that's what people were thinking, I was very the the. I would maybe like sometimes cry in public, and I would leave the classroom. <laughs> it was like I was very like the shy, emotionally kid because I was like a yeah. bipolar kid. I was never, I guess I was never the class. I was never the funny one. Huh. I um I remember in seventh grade, my um I wrote a. <laughs> Um, in my English class, I wrote a short story that my teacher liked so much that she read in front of the class. And it was, it was about a woman who lived alone and died of AIDS. 
Um, which oh my would, God. I know, right? Which I got, um, but she read it to the class because she thought it was so great that I was like in seventh grade writing this. And I got so embarrassed that I, like, I just like put my head down and cried because I'm just like, I don't want people to know that I, it was very weird. I don't know. So anyway, I was not a funny guy growing up. Yeah. I guess I've always had a sense for tragedy. And maybe in the last several years, I've been able to like make light of it and help people deal with their tragedies. Yeah. So I guess that's the most of my comedy. Well, there's the, yeah, it's, it's always the, the trope of the comedian to be the, 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 uh, the sad clown, right? Yeah. Which there's so much truth to it and comedy like helps me deal with my depression yeah. Like in a big way and like being able to laugh at myself and realize that it's not as big a deal as I think is, is, is I, as my brain wants to make it and things like that. I feel like comedy is very helpful for that. I think it's helpful for a lot of people. Um, I find my release in music and, and movies, but I, I do like some comedians. Um, I do. I went through some darker stuff after I recorded this last album. So I do. If I do a second album, which it's kind of on my bucket list, but not a high priority, I definitely want to call it Haunted House, though, because nice. I've, I've um, had some friends die over the last couple of years, and I kind of oh. hit some darker stuff. It's fine, but I like I want to call it Haunted House because the last album was called Roller Coaster, yeah. and both Roller Coasters and Haunted Houses are things that you kind of do to face your fears, and I think that would be a nice like, yeah, uh, little buddy album to it. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, I might do like a similar artwork and just make it. Spooky, but also again, that could just be a daydream that never comes to light. But well, I hope it comes to light. We'll see. I just gotta take time. I would like to just take a month and figure out where I want to, what I want to do. Yeah. When you take time off, is it like meditative? Like, or I don't really know. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. But I don't. Um, I don't really take time off. <laughs> oh, okay. <I'm- laughs> I mean, I get. I I don't. There's. I mean, like, I I, I do have days off, but it's like a lot of like show producing and messaging people. And then all of a sudden I'm getting hit up for um, stuff about the garden. I don't really take, do you feel like you have to stay busy. Do you feel a lot of pressure there? I, I do feel like I have to stay busy and it does keep me focused, but I do, I could get a lot better at organizing and balancing out how busy I am and yeah. like and scheduling. And I'm, and I'm trying, but what do you like? Like as far as like writing, like writing mm-hmm. your comedy mm-hmm. versus like organizing shows and the business side of comedy. Like where's the balance there for you? I'm still figuring that out. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> I love the drawn um, out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think people, and that's not really a secret. Like I, I show up with my notebook and all my papers and I don't know, I could, I could get better at that. Like I need to take my stacks of papers and actually like type them out and sit with them and work on them. Um, cause I, at this point I have, two drawers of a file cabinet of old papers, you know, and a lot of one-liners and just stuff, probably several jokes that got lost along the way that I don't use anymore. Yeah. So I could, I could use a vacation. Yeah. What would you do? Would you just like completely zone? I'd probably freak the fuck out. It's like, I'm not doing anything. It would, yeah. I think people would probably be scared. <laughs> check on like, me. like, could you imagine yourself on a beach and you're, and you're, mm-hmm. uh, in, in your in your speedo, like just chilling. No, I mean, if you picture me on a beach in my speedo, that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really do beaches. That's I, can, I don't like sunshine or happiness. <laughs> I, I could do a woods. Like I'll go camping. Okay, shade. fine. You're in your speedo in the woods. I don't have speedos <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so not in a speedo. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rock a speedo the next time you come out to a show. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be looking for it at the next step. Righty, righty show. <laughs> Last time you were in a, you were in a gorilla costume and uh, <laughs> Angela Healy uh, looked like you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Angie Healy. Like she just, that was such a bad idea. I don't really want to talk about it. I basically, if you have no idea what we're talking about, um, there's, I had an inflatable gorilla, gorilla costume that didn't inflate all the way. And it just, I was like a deflated gorilla trying to do <laughs> new jokes. That way. It was so bad. And then the end of my set, I was just getting more and more tired and the suit was getting more and more like deflated. So it was just very poetic, I guess it was done, but it was a, Oh, uh, you were funny though. Thank you. <laughs> but I went to my office at work to print out. A, the set list for the night and I saw I had the gorilla costume from Halloween I'm like this is a great idea and then so like 10 minutes before the show started I decided I was going to do that and it wasn't a great idea <laughs> I just heard I just heard Ron Howard from uh, Arrested <laughs> Development it wasn't a great idea <laughs> yes. I need that voice more <laughs> No, but you go out, you go out, you go camping. You're, you, are you, oh, yeah. are you able to do something and remove, like your brain just stops, like is able to rest? You know what I mean? I don't think so. Cause I'm always thinking about like, you produce a lot. I do a lot. I, I've, I do run a lot of those shows and I know there are people out there that can help me with shows. But like stepping away and completely stepping away is not something I can, I guess, fathom at this time. It would be cool to take a notebook and run away for a weekend, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, Hocking Hills is close, man. I'm kind of setting something up. There's something in the works about me doing a writer's retreat, but that'll be, that may be more structured. Okay. That's not me running it. It's already in the works and I'm going to go to it. So, but that would still, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling at this point. But yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't take a vacation. I, I wouldn't know what to do if I was gone for a week completely and did not have to do garden stuff or promo a show or remind people to promo the show that they're on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Dude, so I do want to talk about it, and this is like a like little uh, little confessional. Is it the speedo thing again? Because I thought we moved past it. No, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the speedo thing for now. I wouldn't look good in a speedo. <laughs> Not with that attitude, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> I don't think it would work, but maybe I don't know. I, maybe it would work for you. I think you see me differently than I see myself. Yeah. If you see yourself like I do, you would think you were steak, and you would chew on your arm. What were you? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so like my, my, <laughs> Oh God, I love you. <laughs> I, I, so like I, so I grew up like super Christian, right? And uh, super sexually repressed, like mm-hmm. most Christians are. Yeah, yeah. And afraid of uh, afraid of uh, girls to a large extent, and afraid of my own penis to a large extent. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I actually like did like as I started to like leave some of that bullshit behind, and uh, start started to kind of change my my the way the way of uh, thinking about life and people and loving people and uh, all of that. <laughs> There was a point where I was like, I'm not afraid to go in the garden now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I was exactly 
the person that you talked about in your last album. Oh, which one? That comes in and is like, oh, you know. I, mean, what, I still want people to come in. Like, I don't. I don't not want people to, you know, come in. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, I kind of get that because I needed to go through that phase and you yeah. guys are just kind of there to help me. Yeah. Even though I'm not buying your dildos at the moment, I did come back and buy a vibrator for my ex, you know, and oh, shit, I should edit that out. That's fine. <laughs> uh, buy, buy, buy a I vibrator didn't, for I me. didn't buy a flashlight for me. Yeah, yeah. That's in the, um, maybe I should come in like next week. Come in and buy a flashlight. You can help me out. I can. Um, <laughs> I said recently on a Facebook status that I think the craziest thing that I've seen working in a porn store is that people are still ashamed of their body. And that's, yeah. and, and that's kind of true. I've seen a lot of crazy shit. We're up until three in the morning, but like, I think because parents aren't, parents don't always explain. I mean, sex is kind of like a weird thing that they, they don't feel comfortable telling their kids. So these, now they're all of a sudden there's grown ass adults that like are drunk and, and trying to live their lives and don't understand that like yeah. how a fucking clit works or yeah. you know like that I'm still I, trying to figure that out but I think I've got fine. it partially you know one of my trained professionals mastered. will explain it to you and sell you a bullet <laughs> Christ <laughs> sakes Mel um, no I did come in and like 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 I think I had a cell phone camera at the time oh, and it yeah. was like oh Thank my you. god this is so crazy you know yeah, and it's yeah. like oh and I and like later on hearing your fucking jokes about that, I was like, I was like, it's me. He's yeah. talking. I did that. I was probably I might have been the person that, oh, like, no. that he made that joke about. Well, uh, I've been at the garden for like about five years now. In the first two or three years, I was the night one of the night clerks, and we're up until three in the morning. So like, that's every weekend. You know, that's three a.m. Right. is the after bar rush. So that's like every night. There's people that come in and do that. And I mean, there's a way to tactfully like, hey, can you guys like maybe not laugh at that? You're kind of, you can show them kind of stuff that may be freaky to them, but also like in a way like it, um, everything down there is something that sells, like people buy it. Right. Like, it may not. This is not a display for your entertainment. People want this shit. Yeah. And people, people do buy it. Like, um, so I guess if it's not, I guess that's one thing to, you know, you don't go into like a pizza place and make fun of the meatball sub. Like, it's just <laughs> like the meatball sub is not for you. You're going to get a pizza, you know, and like, it's okay. Right, it's, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. That's not, that's why I think about it. No, it's, 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 a it's. It's kind of it was kind of uh, impactful for me just as uh, one of those moments of looking back and seeing your growth, you know. Yeah. Because like there's this like weird like it's this bizarre immaturity about sex, yeah. right? That is in our culture and it's, right. it seems like it's particularly like American culture, I guess. Yeah. But there's a lot of conservative conservative attitudes about sex all over the world, like Right. We're in a we're in a fairly progressive age, I guess, right? Yeah. Where we can actually have that conversation and you're out there having it in front of people, which I think is beautiful. Thank you. I think it's fucking beautiful. And I, I, I just hope more people can hear that and like get over their bullshit and their fear because like, I know what that's like and it's not fun. No. I mean, I feel like there's so many people that don't, that aren't comfortable with sex or sexual sexuality for that matter. Cause I have struggled with over the years, like have been with several bisexual men who will never be bisexual, like out, you know what I'm saying? Like there's such a weird thing that people have to keep hidden or keep the fact that they want a flashlight or they want a vibrator. Like it's not, there are bigger things out there. Like people are dying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like seriously, like people have cancer, people are, people are dying. Uh, you shouldn't, I don't know. 
that kind of got weird and dark. Um, right. But yeah, this shouldn't be on that level of stress for you. But, but also like in a way, like, I guess when it, definitely when it comes to the sexuality thing that like, that's their own journey that they can take. Um, I don't know. Um, if it was like with the, with the porn store stuff, like if people want to try a cock ring, try a cock ring. If you don't like it, don't try a cock ring again. You know, like it's okay. Um, we're yeah. not going to make you eat lima beans every week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, so like this is, uh, I'll get into the, uh, into the TMI zone with you because I, I feel like you're into it. <laughs> I'm into whatever. <laughs> so, like, after, like, after I, like, you know, like uh, left my, my faith and everything, like okay, basically yeah. upturned my entire apple cart and yeah. I had to go through and sort the apples and figure out which ones belong back in the cart and which ones I needed to, were rotten and I needed to throw away. Right. Okay. So I'm doing that and I'm like, and, and I'm like, kind of like thinking about like sexuality and excuse me, what I need to be ashamed of and what I don't need to be ashamed of and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember like at some point, like, like, you know, uh, having a conversation and being like, I refuse to be ashamed of that any, any longer, you know, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and at this point in my life, I was like trying to figure out like, okay, well like, you know, like maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm bi, maybe I like, I don't know, like this kind of thing. And, and, and like exploring that was such a weird I, you know what I mean? Like, cause it is like this, like I have been trained to be terrified of any thought of that. And it was just because of that, that I had to try some shit out. No, I feel you. I, um, I'm a firm believer in the Kinsey scale that no one is a hundred percent either way. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Whether you have a gay dream or you make out with a friend in high school, whatever. Um, I also have been with guys who have been with me one or two times. And then never again. I don't really think that makes them less straight in a way. Like I'm saying, yeah. like they had had an experience. That's okay. I don't know. Like people put such a weird like, are you straight? Are you bi? Are you this? Like it. It doesn't really matter in the end of like even like have consensual sex with people who you want. You I don't know. Like they're. Yeah. I don't know. I think people put so much emphasis or so much shame on themselves. Um, that it prevents them from happiness, and that's yeah. kind of sad. People like are, are are might feel weird about things, like if they grew up like me, like, and I think there's a lot of people that even if they're progressive or uh, or they're Democrats and they're liberals or whatever, they might still have these weird like hangups about sex, right? And there's this thing that that you that you can get into of like like just accepting that training as who you are right and it very well could be denying a very important part of who you are right so i feel like it's super important to not be afraid to have uh you know these types of experiences whatever it is that you you know that you're afraid of if there's some sort of curiosity there explore it and have fun with it and you never have to do it again if you're not into it right that's the thing that i feel like is the you know the the I think the more, tricky spot. More straight dudes need to hear that. Yeah, for sure. I've seen. I don't know. It's it's a little more open in the music scene, but there's the comedy scene sometimes isn't as much. Um, I don't know, but I do feel like as the years go by, the more open mentality is coming around and it's becoming more accepting. But I don't know. Like if you're willing. I feel like as a, as a straight guy that if you've never explored like your sexuality and you're, but you're willing to hook up with a, with a woman randomly, then you're, that's like, you know what I mean? You should be willing yeah. to, you know what I mean? Give it a try in, in another way too. Right. 
I think so. I mean, I I feel like if if you're feeling it, cool. Try it. Try it out one time. If you don't like it, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, same thing with like like kink shit, right? Like, yeah, th- there's so much like kink stuff that I have no idea about, mm-hmm. and but I'm like, well, you know, like we'll see. Like, I'll, maybe I'll try that out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that can also, I mean, that's also, I feel like sometimes, um, as like food in a way, like sometimes your taste over the years change, like. Yeah, I have a really bad joke about if you watch daddy porn for long enough and you don't die, you become a daddy. You know, like so now I'm like, cause like now that I'm like creeping on forty, I'm like I'm yeah the daddy or some shit, and I'm not really. I'm just awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I just recently uh, had somebody shove their finger in my ass for the first time. How the <laughs> start out the podcast right? <laughs> Hopefully they were gentle with it. You have it to was like... very gentle. They were very okay. gentle. I'm not going to name them. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to use uh, gender neutral pronouns. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. No, uh, but seriously, I, uh, I, I, I was just like, I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's give that a whirl. Yep. And, 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 and they were like, like, Oh, do you like that? And I'm like, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it definitely takes oh, from out. I, did, I was trying to stay positive and I was trying to be into it, you know, because yeah. I, I love sex. Like I'm mm-hmm. like in the moment and, and I was, but it was so like startling. It's okay. just like, oh, I really would like to, if this is, if there's anything good about this, I would love to try it. Right. You know? right. And I've heard good things. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with anal, you definitely, you you want to be prepared. Did you, did you not think this conversation was going to go here? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Were you planning on it? No. I, <laughs> you silenced me. You silenced Wonder Duck. Um, I don't know where to go. <laughs> is, there, is there a trick maybe that uh, that would have made that? Well, you just want to be patient. Like, yeah, patience and lube and you have to relax. If you're not, if you're overthinking it and you tense up, it's like game over. Nothing's going to go in there. And yeah. That, um, I used to kind of jokingly say in the basement when I worked in the basement at the garden that like patience and lube, you can do anything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, just like a little finger in there, hit the prostate. It's good. Yeah. There's so many. Also, (laughs) while while we're on the subject, uh, I've sold so many pegging kits to straight married couples that it's not, it's not shameful. People do it. Like pegging kits is where the, you know, the the one where the It's, we sell a lot. It's, your body's the way it is for a reason. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we don't have to talk about uh, butt sex the rest of the night. I promise you. That's fine. <laughs> We're going back to the speedo. <laughs> I am so, so happy to have you on the very first inaugural episode of Lampshade Media Presents Chuckle Fucks. <laughs> Chuckle Fucks is such a bad name. It's a, it sounds like two dirty old men. <laughs> In a basement, <laughs> laughing at each other, and that's totally not what this podcast is. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> it seems. It seems like a perfect name. You would think so, but I'm having some issues with. I got with chuckle fucks. I feel like there, chuckle fucks. There's a little bit of like, uh, I feel like a bad mentality with that. Like, oh, hey, watch out for those chuckle fucks over there. Like, I don't think. <laughs> That it's an endearing term, and I feel like you're an endearing person. 
So what? So I need to. I need to. Uh, I I, I got to stop tearing down the uh, the local comedians here. Yeah. These, these chuckle fucks. These chuckle fuck. Yeah. No, that makes us sound like we're like a jets versus sharks like gang or something. So did I? Like I completely fucked up the 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 whole podcast. Yeah. I mean, I've done worse. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually haven't. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, this is uh, yeah. This is I've I've I feel like I've been brought low. I don't know what to name it then. I, don't, I can't. <laughs> I am I am at a loss. I mean, if it's I don't know if I can get on board if it has anything to do with speedos though. I think <laughs> you could just call it panic attack. Just call it panic attack. All right. Do that. All right. Well, I've I've got a little bit more experience than I used to in there. I I tell you what, I trust you implicitly. Mm-hmm. Implicitly. Yeah, Mr. Doug. You t- okay? First well, name wonder. All right. Well, you finally had your first finger. You've had your first panic attack. You're you're getting there. <laughs> There's so many firsts left for me. I know. First podcast. You're running out of firsts. <laughs> There's so many firsts though. Like yeah, I mean I've I've got a few. And then, you know, the first turn into seconds and thirds, so. Whoa. <laughs> All right, well, fuck it. I guess uh, I guess Chuckle Fox is a bad name. So from now on, it's Lampshade Media Presents Panic Attack. Yes. Thank you. Brought to you by Speedos in the Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and all you straight men out there, if you uh, if you do need your pegging kit, go to the garden and talk to Wonder Dog. They will they will hook you the fuck up, and don't forget the lube. Yes, don't forget the lube. Talk to one of my mini trained associates. I'll probably probably busy in my office, <laughs> but my kids are really good kids, and I know their shit. He doesn't need the pegging kit though. That's another thing. I'm a top. I want everyone to know that I'm a top. Okay, it's a weird misconception because I like bigger guys, and everyone assumes that like nope. And little Chihuahua humping a pig pit bull. <laughs> you can probably edit that out. There's no fucking way. <laughs> Produced by Lampshade Media. Edited by Tyson Shipman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Voiceover by Austin Hoover. And Mel did things too. Special thanks to Donnie Mossman and Catherine Smith for graphic design and photography and the creative people of Columbus, Ohio.